Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Foray and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. I love that every time you say it. We're going to jump right in. Bridget, what has been your time-sucking hurdle this week, meaning what has been taking away all of your time and making you less productive? Listen, you cannot shame me for this. It depends on what you say. (laughs) So my TSH for this week is going to be snow days. Okay, I'm really curious where you're going with this one. But here, this has been like a polar vortex that is kind of going through the Northeast. And so we have had a lot more snow kind of happening up here. And I just feel like as much as I love me some snow days, because y'all, I am not hating on these snow days. I love them. But I feel like the more and more we have snow days, the more stressed I become with making sure that I fit in all the content that I need to fit in. And then I get really lazy during snow days. Like I just want to have a fire and I want to sit on my couch and I want to watch Harry Potter and I just don't get anything done. So I'm going to blame it on the snow. Blame it on the snow. Girl, yes. (laughs) So I can understand that. Okay. Been there. However, I, because I'm more south than Bridget, I don't get a lot of snow days. So the few that I get throughout the year, I treasure (laughs) in my heart. And so I don't feel that stress as much because we just don't get them as often. But I can understand it. Thank you for understanding where I'm coming from. I feel like today's podcast episode aligns perfectly with what you were just saying because we're going to be sharing with you tips and tricks to help you have the best week of teaching ever. Doesn't that just sound delightful? Ever. I love it. I don't know about you, but personally, I have some weeks at school that go very smoothly, and then I have other weeks where it's just a hot mess, okay? I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. I think of it as my drive to school in the morning. Some days, I hit every green light, and I'm just cruising. I'm feeling good, but then other mornings, I feel like I'm hitting every red light. There's construction going on. I get a flat tire, and it's just like I can't win no matter what I do. Yes. So what if, Bridget, we told you that you were in charge of the lights changing? Like if you were able to suddenly get rid of that construction, fix your flat tire, like just like a remote. Yes. Like, like that movie click. click. Did you ever see that movie? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> of. It's so funny. You just click it. Now, unfortunately, we do not have a magic remote and it's not that easy, but by making proactive choices, you can make a big effect on your week and how it flows. Yes, absolutely. But before we jump into the meat of this podcast, we want to share that we've created a PDF guide to help you be able to jumpstart your teacher productivity. Guys, we are sharing our top seven ways to jumpstarting your teacher productivity. This is huge and it will be a game changer for you. So be sure to head over to teachingonthedouble.com on the homepage and get your free productivity guide and get started today. I think we're ready for the meat of the podcast. Yes, girl, we are. So one way you can have the best week of teaching ever is by being 
prepared. What? I know. Now that sounds really easy, but it's It's not not easy. (laughs) So let's kind of break this down. What do you think that means, Bridget, being prepared? Uh, To me, being prepared is really just having it all together, right? From the lesson plans to getting everything done that you need to get done, from making sure that you have all of your materials ready the night before. Like if I envisioned like what it is to be prepared is like a magic fairy just came and just like poofed everything was on my table copied and ready to go and it just makes you feel so much less stressed right there's a good business idea find a magical teacher fairy and (laughs) guarantee your teachers would pay millions for those now I'm gonna kind of lay this out in like layman's terms right like just simply it means being an adult and doing what you need to do basically yeah that's what it comes down to it's doing your job And sometimes that means doing it the night before or the week before or the month before. But you need to be a responsible adult and plan far enough in advance that you know when you need to have these things prepared by. And I think it also varies on different people, right? Because we all feel prepared in different ways. So I know that there are other people that can go off the the seat of their, what is it called? Like the seat of their pants? Yes. Something like that. I think that's the phrase. Guys, I'm really bad (laughs) with things. It's awful. But there are some people that are able to do that. Other people need to have things a little bit more structured. Do you remember back like when you were in college for teaching? Okay. You were getting your teaching degree. Okay. And they would have you literally script out everything you were going to say and then do. Yeah, I hated those. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was awful. And it's so funny because in the beginning, when I first started teaching, I really needed to have that, Michelle. Like I needed to have that scripted out because it really helped me figure out what I was doing. But as I started to become a little bit more developed in my craft, I was able to really transition away from that and really just be able to kind of do me. I knew exactly what I was going to do and I didn't have to worry about all of that. And again, because everyone is different, there might be some people who need that, maybe not quite to that extreme, but they still need more structure throughout their teaching career. And that's fine. I think it's kind of like when you go on vacation and some people will pack five bags and then others will only pack one, even for the same vacation, because they're just different and they have different needs. And being prepared is not only just about in that moment, right? It's also thinking ahead of what are some of the upcoming events that I have going on? Could it be a field trip? Is there testing that's going to come up ahead? Like, I was always in awe at the beginning of my teaching career of those teachers who had all of their units already pre-planned out. They had all of the materials ready to go for like two or three weeks in advance. And that to me was like hashtag results. That's like episode one of our podcast. Yes, girl. <laughs> we said that goals are really just results that you want. And therefore, instead of saying hashtag goals, we're going to say hashtag results. It's a new thing. Now, this reminds me of a saying. Apparently, it's a saying that only I've heard because I mentioned this to Bridget the other day and she kind of looked at me like I was crazy, but I'm going to share mm-hmm. it anyway. So the saying goes, how do you eat a whole elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. And this kind of reminds me of Bridget's chicken analogy from episode one, but it's just a different way to word it. Meaning if you have this really big task that you need to accomplish, like eating a whole elephant, you're going to break it down and just do one bite at a time, doing one thing before the next. Why would you eat a whole elephant? It doesn't matter, Bridget. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. They're like mystical creatures. (laughs) 
what? Okay, maybe they're not <laughs> mystical. We're going to move on. <laughs> All right. So the next way that you can have the best week of teaching ever is by having personal time, which really means not taking work home. And we hit on this a lot when we were doing our episode all about our evening to be able to de-stress, right? We talked about what do we do in the evenings to de-stress. And one of the things that you and I realized that we do is that we don't take a lot of work home. I take my iPad. You have a book bag that you said typically is empty for the most part, right? Yes. I carry it home just because it's a habit for me and I will put my teaching badge in there and I just have a couple of items in case I need them. But truly, I'm not taking home papers to grade or work to do. Yeah. And, you know, when I would really think about the times when I did have all of the bags, right, all of the bags, y'all, you guys can all imagine that right now. A teacher, she has her purse. She has a backpack. She has that teacher bag that comes from 31, right? Yes. It's like when people are trying to carry in all the groceries from their car and their arms are loaded with bags. Oh that is a teacher all the time. Literally <laughs> carrying their life with them all the time. It's like you're about to go and like set up a, a teaching station in your home for some reason. Like that doesn't happen because the majority of the time I would leave that in the car and I didn't even bring it in. And do you know what that does? That leaves you feeling not productive, which then just adds to your stress level. I mean, you had good intentions, right? You brought home all the things that oh, you were going to get done, but it ends up having a negative impact because you don't get it done. And that just makes you feel worse about yourself. So it's important to know when it's time to step away and take a break. I have always used the saying, it's important to fill up your cup so that you can then fill up someone else's. Meaning if you have a full cup, you can then give some to others. But if your cup is empty, you have nothing to give to anyone else. So you have to fill up your cup before you can fill up anyone else's. Oh my gosh, girl. Do you know what this make, this reminds me of? I feel like I have become recently become like a traveler. Ooh. I know. I've been going I'm to jealous. all these different places. It's been fantastic. Uh, but you know how when you first sit down and they're getting ready to take flight and then the flight attendant, they stand up there with all their little sheets and their brochures, but they always talk about how if at some point the oxygen masks were to lower, you need to put an oxygen mask on yourself first before you do it on anyone else around you. And that just, I mean it connects so much to teaching, right? We have to give to ourselves before we can give to others. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that we can just put off the things that we need to get done because they do have to get done. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, certain tasks are more important than others, which means you have to be able to prioritize so you can focus on what absolutely has to get done. But then those other things that are just not as important, those can wait for a day when you have more time. And going back to that first point, being prepared really does help with this. If you are planning things a little bit at a time, the tasks are so much easier to complete in less time. But that means you cannot be procrastinating. Oh gosh, yes. And we all do it from time to time. And I think that's okay. But you need to be able to recognize when you are doing it and learn how to fix that so that you're able to get things done and then be able to take that time for yourself. So Bridget, what is the next way that someone can have the best week of teaching ever? Really taking the time to feel connected with your students. I think this is a big one. And I think sometimes we go in and we just want to get the work done, but we 
don't get that connection with our kids and spending time with our students and connecting with them on a personal level really does make you at the end of the week, whether you teach stuff or not, feel as though you've made a difference. And we connect with our students in a lot of different ways. One of the main ways we connect with them is through our instruction because that takes up a bulk of our time. So in order to feel connected with your students through instruction, you have to really take the time to give students the why behind what they're learning. Absolutely. And that helps them understand it better and that therefore helps you feel more connected to your students. Another way to connect with your kids is to be able to use a variety of, of instructional strategies with them. And this is in order for you to be able to reach all learners, right? This doesn't mean that you have to go above and beyond and have all this extra planning that ends up taking place. I utilize the same instructional strategies over and over and over again. I just rotate them. And if I keep a basic template, it's very easy for me to put it together. And the kids know it and they really enjoy them. So like some of the things that I end up doing is I have kids create their own questions. So uh, that is a really popular one for the kids and then they like to quiz one another. But that's a very simple instructional strategy that gets them talking, gets them moving, it gets them doing and they feel more involved in their learning. And I love that because that also means less planning for you as the teacher. They're taking ownership over it, but it's also making your life easier. Yes, absolutely. Another one is making their own anchor charts. I, oh, mean, I love doing that. Listen, I am all about really cute anchor charts. I love it. I just don't see the, t I can't do the time. Like me putting in the time to create the cute anchor chart to leave it up for about a week and then take it down and not see it anymore or throw it in the trash just really hurts my heart. So I have my kids make their own anchor charts and they again feel that ownership in their own learning. And then another way is to have them make their own games. Oh, students love games. I love games. Students love games. And I think this really stemmed from my son Blaine because he loves board games. And there was a day where we made our own board game just out of cardboard. And it's I adorable. was like, oh my goodness, like if a five-year-old can do this, what could a, you know, 10, 12-year-old end up doing with this? And y'all, they come up with some amazing games. And when it comes to feeling connected with your students, I think it's important to note that your students are very intuitive, meaning they are able to pick up on your stress. They pick up on a lot more than we even realize. And that means that if you're feeling really stressed out, they're going to know it and they're then going to feel less connected to you. Absolutely. So you need to be able to be open with your students and talk to them about it. I think it can be a great teaching moment about having empathy and having your students realize that you are a teacher, but you experience the same emotions that they do. That's fantastic. And another tip to having the best week ever is to make yourself feel positive and motivated. And I feel like I have to go back to my Red Lobster days really, really fast. Do it. Because when I taught, when I was at Red Lobster, I was a waitress and I learned very, very quickly that in order for me to make money as a waitress, because y'all, we got paid $2 and 13 cents an hour. We made all of our money off of tips. That's just how it works for those of you that are not like have ever done waiting. And so when I would go, I knew that I had to put a smile on my face and I had to bust my butt in order to make good money or else I just wouldn't come out with anything at the end of the day. I knew that I had to put everything behind me in order for me 
to make money. And so this is the exact same way. In order for me to be able to have the best week, I have to stay away from all the negative people, all of the negative experiences. I have to put it behind me and really focus on what I'm doing right there inside of my classroom. And this might mean eating away from the faculty lounge. I do that every single day. I, in my current school, I don't think I've eaten in the faculty lounge more than like twice. I always eat in my room. And partially it is to get away from negative people, but it's also because I just need that alone time to kind of get my head right and get it in the right mindset. Yes. And you know, that really reminds me of this app that I've been using with my students. I do this with my students during a morning meeting. There's an app out there called the Headspace app. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it, but I haven't used it. Is it free? It is free and it is fantastic. My students love this app. So basically it's a meditation app. They have several different types of sessions and the sessions can range from one minute, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, so on and so forth. And basically what they do is they get you in the right mindset. They really get you thinking about your breathing. They get you thinking about what's happening around you, what's happening within your body. And it just focuses your attention on something. It, it, it leaves you so relaxed. The kids would get up and they're like, I feel like I'm ready and they feel positive and they just look forward to the day. It's fantastic. That sounds a lot like mindfulness. I'm assuming that's kind of the I've same heard thing. It, yes, I okay. think so. Yes. So this also reminds me a lot of a quote by Henry Ford. I'm a huge quote nerd. I love quotes. When I was younger, I had a notebook where I hand wrote quotes that I loved. And it was like pages and pages and pages of quotes. It was adorable. So the quote says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I feel like that speaks to this so well, because if you have a positive mindset, you're going to feel positive. But if you have a negative mindset, you're going to feel negative. And it's up to you to make that choice. You get to choose what you focus on. I recently had a coworker say, you just need a Q-tip. And I was like, what are you talking like about? For your ear? Not for your ear, but we're just going to use the acronym. Okay. Okay. It stands for quit taking it personally. Oh my gosh. I love this. Let's just end the podcast there. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> but it comes down to choosing not to let things bother you and choosing to have that positive mindset regardless because not everything is about you. Yeah. And optimism is something that you learn. You have to focus on what you are grateful for in order for you to feel positive. It's like doing the things to be able to pay it forward, giving a coworker a positive note, giving somebody a gift when you know that they're feeling really, really down. All of those things really help you to feel grateful, to feel positive, and to develop that learning of being optimistic, right? I love that. Yes, 100%. The next way that you can have the best week ever is just by feeling productive. Now, once again, this sounds like, well, duh, (laughs) I know I need to feel productive, but let's kind of break down how you're going to do this. How are you going to feel productive? I've always loved the saying, planning to have a plan is not a plan. (laughs) Basically meaning you can sit there and plan all day and be like, yep, I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to have all of these things. But if you don't actually sit down and make the plan, you don't actually have a plan. Were you ever that person that sat down and made a to-do list and then like you had already done those tasks and then you wrote the to-do list in order to check them off? 
it's like you're speaking to my soul. I was totally that person. I would even have my first <laughs> item be make a to-do list. So when I finished <laughs> making the list, I could cross it off and I was feeling good. That is hilarious. But you know what? I was reading a book the other day and it's by Michael Hyatt. And so Michael Hyatt is a huge productivity guru that's out there online. Um, guys, look him up. He is fantastic. But he mentioned in there that productivity is a means to an end. So what do you mean by that? It, basically, what it means is that your goal is not to be productive, right? No one has the goal of being productive. Like productivity just leads to more productivity, almost like what you said. Really, the end goal is saying that I want to have freedom. I want to have freedom in my life. And the way for me to be able to have that freedom is to be productive. So productivity is a means to an end. It helps me be able to reach my end goal. Okay, that makes total sense. So basically, if I'm productive, I can go home and watch Netflix or I can go to the gym. I can play board games. I can do those things that I want to do and that help me feel alive and honestly help me stay motivated to keep on teaching, right? Yep, absolutely. So that means you need to decide what is your end goal. And for most of us, our end goal is to not have to take work home. So we're going to give you all a little bit of tough love. Absolutely. That means we are saying this out of love for you, but it might be hard to swallow. You need to stop wasting your planning time. And for most of us, that means that you can't spend all of your time talking to your coworkers, especially when it's off task and not related to teaching. Oh, I have a total connection to this. I have to say that last year and this year, actually the last couple years of my teaching career and to this year are so like polar opposites. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with two of my best friends and one of them ended up passing away, which was really sad and really hard for my team. But when we were all together, we got nothing done. I mean, it was, you're sitting there with your girlfriends, you're just chatting, you're online, you're looking at things, you're doing all the things that are nowhere near teaching related, you know, and we ended up staying super late at night and we were trying to get things done at the last minute. Uh, And then this year we have a new teacher partner, a new teacher partner that came on our team and she's fantastic. She's young and she asks all the right questions. She wants to plan. And so when we have our planning time, she's like, well, what are we doing for next week? What's going to be happening? What do I need to make copies of? What can we be doing? And so she really pushes us to utilize that time to the most, right? To the maximum. And so now I'm realizing, man, I'm going home early every single day and I'm not, because I'm not wasting that time. Yeah. And I've always said that productivity is really made up of two core elements. It's your efficiency and it's your motivation. So when you really break down that efficiency piece, it's about making the most out of the time that you're given, because we know as teachers, our time is precious. We do not have enough of it. So that means we need to utilize it and manage it in a way that's going to benefit us. That may mean that we have to set timers or we may go into the day with a set to-do list. Bridget and I like to utilize a power list, our top three things that we want to get done. That way we go into it with a plan and we're going to be left feeling productive. Yeah. So you're not going to talk during, during your planning. Do you guys hear me? Like tough love here. Stop doing it. Stay focused. Do the right thing, guys. Just say no. Now, don't forget, guys, you can head over to teachingonthedouble.com. You can go to the homepage and check out our 
free PDF guide for the top seven ways to jumpstart your teacher productivity, or you can head over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash 004 to check out the episode show notes. And you will also find a link for that free PDF guide. Guys, jumpstart that productivity. Get it going. Feel good about yourself. Treat yourself. And did you mention to them that it's free? Oh, it's free, guys. Completely free. Totally. Now, those are all of our top tips for having the best week of teaching ever. But I want to just remind you all that this is kind of like wearing bug spray. Do you know where I'm going with this? No. Okay. So when you wear bug spray, you're going to repel most of the bugs, right? Most of them are going to come up, they're going to sniff you, and they're going to fly away. However, there will still be some bugs that bite you. And this is exactly like your weeks of teaching. You can try your hardest to avoid that negativity, be positive, be productive, but there will still be things that come up and that's just life. So don't get down on yourself if you're trying these tips and you're still not having the best week ever. Some weeks are better than others, but you will still be in a better place to deal with those things when they do come up if you're following these steps. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.